Welcome to the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by doctors of physical therapy, Chris and Ross. Here we're going to dive into all things movement, health, and fitness. And we're going to chat with some local fitness experts and friends about their areas of expertise. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Today, Chris and Ross hanging out again to dive into a little bit of foam rolling. Ooh, yeah. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be a good conversation. Uh, I think foam rolling is probably one of the most misunderstood things out there. Um, you know, how to do it, when to do it, uh, is it helpful, is it not? And uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, to diving into that topic as a whole today. So, uh, Ross, man, let's 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 just kick it off and uh, lead right into it, man. Thoughts on uh, thoughts on foam rolling? Something you utilize with uh, athletes or or no? For sure, I it is definitely a tool that I like. Um, but yeah, just like you said, very misunderstood. I remember when I was a personal trainer about maybe eight or nine years ago at a Gold's Gym. Uh, I was new to the personal training world and the foam rollers, really the whole little mobility corner that every gym has was something that I knew that I needed to understand and do, but didn't really understand the principle. So I just kind of, like a lot of people, went over to the mobility corner and started rolling around on the floor and (laughs) trying to find spots that hurt and just kind of squash those and... um, yeah, that's, that's what I did for years. And then eventually, you know, studied up on some of the, uh, the underlying principles of foam rolling or any kind of, you know, deeper tissue, soft tissue work. And, um, yeah, I definitely use it for my patients, um, for a couple different reasons. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think you're right on that. It's one of the most misunderstood tools out there. So what do you, so let's maybe start by like explaining what, what's actually happening. Um, what's actually happening when we foam roll something, I think, cause that's another kind of hotly debated thing, right? Like, are we breaking up, like we're breaking up the fascia, right? And that's kind of what's happening. And, and I'm breaking up the adhesions, which is, you know, that sticky spot that kind of hurts a lot when I lay on, it. let me lay on it more so that I can break up all that fascia nonsense. Right. So I, that's a bit ridiculous and kind of continues to be um, <laughs> myth, myth busted on that. So uh, Ross, tell me, why don't we dialogue a little bit about what the heck is actually happening when someone foam rolls? Oh man, you teed that one up well. Yeah, I think we should be incredibly thankful that we can't uh, essentially roll trigger points and like smash muscles and separate fascia by applying pressure to the outside of our bodies. Because if we could actually like break up tissues by using a foam roller, then that would mean our bodies were unbelievably fragile. Like we would need to be so careful walking outside because anything that applies pressure to our body would literally be able to change the shape of our muscles. And that would be a bad thing. So it'd be a huge, huge issue. It's like uh, by the time I'm 60 and gravity's got a hold of me, I'd be pretty flat, I think. <laughs> yeah, you'd be, uh, you'd be wet tissue paper. Right, exactly. <laughs> or I'd be dislocating joints every time I stepped off the sidewalk. Yeah, so uh, we'll just be thankful that our bodies are sturdy and resilient. So what is actually happening when we're foam rolling? I think of it on a very um, more of like a brain to muscle kind of reasoning. 
you know, every one of your muscles has receptors in it. You know, it's little like sensors that give information to your brain about what is going on in the muscle. And so when we apply pressure to a muscle, we're essentially uh, pushing on those sensors and giving the brain new information. And so an easy way to think of it is let's say you have a really tight muscle that um, is just giving you a lot of issue with your mobility. You want to squat or you want to press overhead, but you're constantly having this sense of tightness. Uh, one thing that we can do with that foam roller is provide new information to your brain about that muscle. So let's take the, like, you know, use an example of quads. If I really want to roll out my quads before I squat, which a lot of people do, um, you know, when you apply pressure to your quads, you're put pressure on that sensor. And essentially the sensor tells the brain like, Hey, there's a lot of, um, pressure going on in this area. And we actually need to kind of relax into, uh, this pressure because it's like a pressure overload. So the system goes from a point of tightness to actually a point of relaxing because we're kind of like overloading the threshold. Um, now this is something that doesn't last long and it doesn't take a lot of pressure in order to accomplish. So when, you know, we're doing this before squatting, you know, I'd say we want to jump on that foam roller for like what? 90 seconds, two minutes, not spending these huge long smash sessions. Um, and then you're not, uh, you're not trying to crush yourself. Um, we don't need to just put yourself in the pain cave over it in order to release a little bit of extra range of motion from these muscles, just moderate pressure enough so you can feel that deep tissue working and then go get a couple squats in afterward, grease that groove and uh, go about your day. But I don't know, Chris, how do you think about it? Yeah, I, that's one of the biggest ways I like to describe it as well, right? You're going to get that that kind of inhibition of that muscle temporarily to help it relax a little bit. Again, I'm not breaking up tissue in any capacity, um, probably not breaking up trigger points or any other number of things like that as well. I, I think you, you stated that exactly how I stated as well. You know, and I'll, I will sometimes describe it too from like muscle soreness as well, which is another big use of mine uh, that I'll, I'll use with it is, hey, I'm, I'm helping get some of that lactic acid out of there. A, the muscle's relaxing a little bit and I'm helping that tissue, just getting some of that breakdown that happened after a hard workout. I'm helping flush some of those things out uh, of the system. And then it's going to help temporarily reduce the, you know, the sensitivity of that muscle and then allow you to move a little bit more. And I think if you can, you know, all that kind of talk about brain muscle connection can easily be described as, Hey, the sensitivity of that muscle has decreased at that point and now allows me to move again. But again, I think Rashi hit the nail on the head. Like how, how long should we be foam rolling as a part of a warm up or as a part of a recovery piece from mu muscle soreness? I don't think you need to spend any longer than 90 seconds to two minutes. Like you're going to get enough short-term change in that muscle at, at that time point, 30 minutes on a foam roller. Like you have much better ways to warm up than spending that amount of time on it. Yeah. I mean, agree or disagree, Chris, that uh, if you really want to prime movement, just getting your heart rate up and blood flowing with a, a total body warm up is a, uh, almost going to give you the, the same level of gains. 
Uh, absolutely. Like, I think that's, that is 100% spot on. Uh, makes me think of that meme of, uh, that kid who's like, uh, making the funny faces when, uh, he shows one thing and he's like, Oh, there's a very simple way of doing it. And he kind of gives that like frowny face point at it. Like I, we should totally make a meme in, in regards to, uh, <laughs> someone doing that. Cause, cause you're right. <laughs> you could easily just, just go function and, and roll around, uh, on your foam roller for 30 minutes, or you can go get your blood flow up a little bit. And it's going to have this pretty much the same exact effect. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's again, another case of put a, uh, put another tool in your tool bag. It is a tool that, that works to a point, but, uh, it's not something that you want to rely on consistently. Um, because again, we want to be able to get out of bed and move well. And if I start relying on a bunch of tools consistently, to allow me to move well, then I think that's kind of a problem. We always want to be pursuing, you know, a state where we can move naturally and um, not have to think about all these other factors leading up to it. And so foam rolling is something that opens up capacity to move well. Um, but yeah, we don't want to use that as a long-term crutch. Uh, Chris, what do you think the maybe like the top two or three things to a foam roll that you've seen have been really helpful would be. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I, I like getting, I think the legs are pretty easy to get. So I would say, you know, kind of hamstring quad, you, know, you can maybe even lump the glutes in there. They're a little hard to get into. Uh, and you're going to capture a good portion of it. I like getting the lats as well for kind of a, uh, you know, especially if I'm pretty sore after a whole lot of upper body pulling type stuff. Those are probably the easiest areas to get. I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of low back foam rolling. I mean, I could maybe see if, if it would be helpful if it had, you know, studs on it or something like that to kind of get along the, the paraspinal musculature, which is just the muscles that lay, lay on the side of the, the spine. But um, I'm just not a big fan of the low back foam rolling. It seems kind of silly to me to, to do. And a lot of people like foam rolling the back, but uh, I'm not a fan of it. What about you, Ross? Yeah, I was actually kind of hoping you'd bring up the uh, the back foam roll. Uh, I almost never never use a foam roll at the back unless I'm like trying to open up my mid back, like my thoracic spine. Yes. But at that point, I'm thinking of it from a different frame where I'm not trying to get into muscle. In that point, I'm literally trying to like bend the joints of my spine into a new position. So it's like kind of a different category of treatment. But yeah, no. Yeah, I, I should have definitely said that. That's my my top go to as well, like mid back yeah, sure. mobility. It just uh, it just is a good fulcrum to work over. But no, I see people laying on their the foam roller for their low back all the time. And man, I've I've tried it. You know, your your low back is so active uh, while trying to just like maintain that position that it's almost impossible to get into the muscle anyway. Um, so I prefer like a lacrosse ball. Um, maybe a different tool if I'm wanting to get some soft tissue work done at the low back. But um, even then, yeah, that's one that I see all the time that I kind of shake my head at. Yeah, that, I, I haven't understood why that that has always been kind of a go-to for some people, but definitely not an area that um, I, I like to get after. But definitely mid-back, I think, it, like I said, it's a big fulcrum, a big helpful piece for uh, arching, arching that back, getting those joints going, getting the, the spine active as a whole. Um, what would you say kind of the, you know, if you said, Hey, um, a patient's asking you, what are the, what is most helpful for foam rolling, right? Is it help my tissues become 
more elastic or more flexible? Um, uh, you know, is it actually, um, you know, changing my mobility? Like, what are the things that you usually say to patients? Like, foam rollers are helpful for X, Y, and Z. What are the things you say for that? Yeah, I think it just, the easiest way to say it would be it, it makes your body more receptive to movement, right? Like, it just makes your body a little bit more willing to move. Uh, helps you calm down a bit. Um, if you have any tightness or pain, sometimes it will temporarily mask some of those and just makes you a little bit more receptive to movement. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, makes you more receptive to movement. I think the things that research say are most helpful for foam rolling or like I said, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness or muscle soreness, I think can be most helpful for foam rolling as well as quick short term mobility changes. It's going to be very short lived. If you just foam roll, I think I read a study not long ago. I have to go back and pull it back up. I don't know the exact details, but they had a group that literally just foam rolled and a group that literally just stretched. And the group that just foam rolled had short term range of motion changes. But at the end of the six to eight week mark, they had zero change in their actual like flexibility. I think they measured hamstrings and like bending forward tests, things like that, um, which was an important point to note you have to load into that new range of motion. So if you're looking at foam rolling for a change in range of motion or trying to improve your flexibility and mobility, you need to, Hey, if I want to loosen my hamstrings up, I need to roll around on my hamstrings a little bit for two minutes tops. And then I need to go load into those, those hamstrings, things like single leg deadlifts, things like stiff leg deadlifts, box step ups, whatever it might be you need to spend some time working to acquire that new range. But if you're looking to foam roll for five minutes, you can foam roll for 30 minutes. It's not going to change your mobility if you don't load into that new range. 100% right. Smash it out, then move. That's right. That's a good, good recipe. That's a good, good motto to live by there. Ross, other things you can think about foam rolling, man, that may be helpful or, or helpful tidbits, man. I think that's really the biggest kind of takeaway. Another tool, but not one of those uh, things that, uh, you know, should be your top number one go-to. Yeah, last, last question, actually, that I'll add on. Chris, do I need one of the, the spiky ones? <laughs> the bigger the spikes, the more effective it is, right? I want, like, I want, like, steel spikes on the other side of it. Like, you should be piercing your skin before you uh, uh, buy that thing. Yeah, if you're not getting impaled, it's not, it's not working. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't really, I, there's definitely no big difference from flat versus studded. Like I, I just, it doesn't matter one way or another. If someone's trying to upsell you 10 extra dollars for a, a spiky one, tell them they're crazy. I love it. All right, guys. Um, thanks for checking in with us today. Uh, let us know if you need any help on how to use a foam roller or a lacrosse ball or anything. And uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Nashville Fitness Podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our local physical therapy practice, Be Ready Performance Therapy. Head over to Instagram or our website. You can find us online at BeReadyPT.com or on Instagram at BeReadyPT. On our website as well as on Instagram, we'll have a bunch more great content in which we dive into things a little bit deeper on our blog as well as through our videos on Instagram. 
you have any questions or comments of what you might like to hear or might like us to discuss on the podcast, please shoot us an email, chris at bereadypt.com or ross at bereadypt.com. It's our passion to answer your questions, so please don't hesitate to shoot us an email or a direct message. Also, we'd love it if you rated and subscribed to our podcast so that we can continue to make this podcast the best it can be.